What's good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And it is the halfway through the PGA Championship at Southern Hills show. And I am joined by Taylor Williams um, of the 73rd Hole Podcast and the 73rd Hole Radio Show. And my dad, the Huntman, Craig Humphreys, live from Tulsa, guys. And what a day it was. And it didn't necessarily go the way we thought it was going to go. Not only the weather, um, we knew it was going to you know, be less windy in the afternoon, but we didn't know it was just going to completely lay down. Um, and we didn't know that Will Zalatoris was just going to blitz the field this afternoon. No bogeys um, on his round today. Um, but guys, I got to start off the show by saying I had a majestic day watching <laughs> Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, and Jordan Spieth inside the ropes today. Tiger Woods put on one of the most gritty performances that I have ever seen. Not only was he battling an injury, he is hurt right now, and he made the cut this week. And guys, just watching him make par putt after par putt after par putt, bouncing back from doubles, making birdies on like 13 and 10, and um, obviously the great played tech, played textbook golf on 18 to make the cut, T-Dub. I think that even though we saw a 63 from Bubba today, we saw Will Zalatoris go bogey-free on his round today, and, and Rory is still right in there. Justin Thomas had a good round today. I think the story of the day was Tiger Woods making the cut despite being hurt, right? Guys, I watched Tiger's entire warm-up session. I saw from the exact moment when he got brought from the cart all the way up to the clubhouse down there, I saw him walk from the cart to the putting green, from the putting green, over the ramp to the range, watched him hit balls. I would have bet everything in my bank account that he was not going to finish the round today. He did not look good. It did. It was not pretty at all. He was, I mean, not even just but he visibly. Was striping it on the range this morning. It, it, I mean, the, after he hit drivers, his yeah, leg. Yeah, but I'm went, not talking about where the ball was going. I'm right. talking about the way that he was walking. Exactly. Because that's the only I, thing that, that, that we've ever had any that, problems with. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, the. The last couple days we were talking about on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that he was hitting it really good on the range. And I agree with you that Tiger was, you know, obviously hobbled on the range, but he was still hitting it good, as we've said in days past. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, the, the where the ball was going really wasn't the problem. It was more or less, was he going to be able to get up to Darren Clark Hill and all the uh, stuff that went around the course? And I didn't think that was the case. But you look at the scorecard, guys, and, and I just want to do this caveat out there. I was out on hole number 12 most of the day with my good friend Jeff Bond. We had a great time out there watching a lot of the guys come through on that hole. So I did not see actually much of Tiger's front nine at all. But off the scorecard, he went par, 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 par. I actually saw him on one make a good par there. Then he birdied five. He bogeyed eight, which a lot of people were doing. Shot even on the front. But then from there is when I saw it. So he hit a great shot into 10 right there. Pretty easy birdie. I mean, it was, what, an eight-footer or whatever it was, maybe even closer. Then he doubles 11. Which he hit it over by left. the green, left of the green, and then hit it Long. in the bunker. And then, yeah. so then after that, makes a good put on, makes a great save on 12 out of the mm -hmm. bunker. Birdie's 13, par's 14, another great par save on 15. Great, exceptional birdie on 16. Just absolutely great stuff. And then the great par saves on 17 and 18 as well. Exactly like you said, Sam, just gritty performance. And the fact that he made the cut, because. Even at the point to where I thought he wasn't going to finish the round, if I didn't think there was a chance he's going to play good enough to make the cut. So the fact that we get two more rounds of Tiger tomorrow and Sunday, Craig, it's absolutely beautiful. It truly is. 
Well, I mean, uh, Tiger was a great story. Now, I, I still got to say the, the battle at the top of the leaderboard is always a, a, a bigger story than, than a guy who, who made the cut. Although this was, I mean, this is not just any other guy making the cut. This was Tiger Woods. And, and, and like you said, Sam, we talked in the media center. He made, what, what was it, 12? You said the biggest putt that he made all day was probably that 14-plus Absolutely. After he, made he missed the 12. iron shots at yeah. 11 and 12, that round could have got away from him, and that 14-footer he made on number 12 really gave him the momentum to think he can still make the cut, right? And then it was 14. It was the 100%. other yeah. uh, par three where, what, he was just off the green, and he pitched, and it just it, and it dug in. It, it yep. stuck, and so he, he ends up with another 14-plus footer. And, yeah, those two par putts were probably the biggest putts that he made all day. But then he adds the birdie at 16 to give him a little cushion. And, and um, Well, when he made the birdie at 16, we still thought the cut line was going to be three. I never thought the cut line was going to be at three at all. At least out on the course I, I, we yeah, did. Yeah, I, I, I knew the cut line was going to be four. Well, the only reason why I thought it might go to three, and obviously the phones weren't working out there, so I had no clue what the <laughs> leaderboard was because there's only a few leaderboards and the phones weren't working. But the reason why I thought it might go to three was because it was playing so easy because the wind laid down, not died down, it laid down um, on when Tiger was playing number eight, Tiger, Rory, and Spieth obviously playing together. When they were on number eight, the wind died down for eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. And then when he got to 13, and obviously I, I think this is one area where the morning guys actually got benefit was they got to play 13 dead downwind. Mm -hmm. Tiger had to play it into the wind and still makes birdie, has to lay up uh, to a good yardage and makes birdie. But that wind was not substantial, but it was about 5 to 10 miles per hour coming from the opposite direction that the morning guys had to deal with, and it was blowing 20 this morning. And that layup on 13, by the way, barely stayed in the fairway on the left side, yes, which allowed did. him, I think, eventually uh, to birdie that hole. No, hey, Tiger was – I mean, it was a great story. I <clears throat> We've been fortunate just in Tulsa, number one, to see him win a major in 2007. But think how fortunate we are to even – and we talked about it yesterday with, with the fact that you know, if I mean, we, we made it through the pandemic and, and it, it could have been a, a pandemic where that a time where they weren't even allowing spectators, you know, so at least we have spectators that can go to the tournament. But it also could have been that this this tournament could have been played up up at uh, Trump's course in New Jersey. Right. You know, and, and so if they don't make a run on the Capitol and so forth, the, the, the tournament's not even moved to Tulsa, but then Tiger's back. We're, just to be able to watch him for two rounds is great, but now two more bonus rounds because he gutted it through, like you guys said, and, and made the cut today. So uh, give it up to him to go out there today and, and, and shoot under par 69. I, I doubt many people would have bet on Tiger to shoot a 69 this morning. No one. Today, by the way, T-Dub, to lead into what you're about to say, this morning my dumbass said on it on the air on the sports animal tiger should hang it up for the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, from what I saw earlier, I thought the same thing. But you know, Huntman, you make a great point because all, a lot of the things that we complained about with this tournament seem to just be logistics from them essentially getting the tournament a year and a half ago, yeah, right? Right. And I, whenever we look at it, guys, we were supposed to have this tournament in twenty thirty. Well, right. twenty thirty comes around. 
Probably not going to have Tiger there, right? right? I mean, we're going to, that's eight years from today. So I, I highly doubt that's the case. So the fact that we got it moved up to where we did, and like you said, Craig, the, the amount of chain of events that had to happen for this to take place. And the biggest one is the fact that Tiger wrecked his car and didn't die. I mean, that's right, right, really the right. biggest one up there. So. And then his leg was not amputated and he can still play golf. And so just the fact we were lucky enough to see him at Augusta National and he makes the cut. And then just the fact that we could see him here this week and to see him gut it out and, and Sam, what? I mean, obviously he doubles number 11, but from right. 12 through 17 to one putt each of those holes. <laughs> That's uh, you crazy. Know, six straight holes, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Like you said, T-Dub, the, two, the biggest putt of the day was the, the 14-footer at number 12. Yes. Second biggest was the 14-footer probably at, at number 14. Both just to save par, just to hang in there. Yep. You know, and, and then he gets the birdie at 16. So, no, it was it was a great run. But but that was only one of the storylines because early in the day we saw JT with the with his second straight three under par round of 67 uh, to be at minus six to take the lead. He had the, the birdies, what, 10, 13, 5, and 9 with, against the bogey at 14. So that's a great story. Then, like you said, Sam, Zalatoris with the 65 bogey-free Takes the lead nine under par. Mito Pereira, another yeah. great story with a guy that played golf at Texas Tech. You were right on the Chilean. You just didn't. Yeah, get we the right had the one. wrong one. Yeah, but we had the country okay. right. But, the but, obscure country. Yeah, from Chile, and and he goes to Texas Tech, shoots a sixty four, and really should have been a sixty three. I mean, he missed a very makeable putt on the last hole, just didn't hit it. Uh, could have been a sixty three. And, and then we have Bubba with a putt for a 62 on the final hole. And Bubba goes from plus two to minus five, and he shoots a 63. We had the local story with Abe Anser, uh, who, who birdied 12 and 13 back-to-back, and, and he shoots a 69. I mean, and, and that's – we hadn't even talked about Rory yet. Guys, real quick, before we get away from Tiger and start talking about all of those storylines, I do want to get both of your thoughts. T-Dub, first I'll go to you. I heard something – inside the ropes today from a, a pretty reliable source. I won't, I won't give away the source, but they said um, that someone close to Tiger told them that he was playing at Southern Hills to get ready for the British Open because he went back, looked at the, looked at the schedule, wasn't planning on playing Southern Hills, but didn't like how the schedule set up and, and, and needed some more competition, and that's the only reason why he was here. Well, how about that? I mean, what, the the PJ Championship is a stepping stone now to other majors, I guess. So that's kind of that, do but we it not makes have sense in? Well, Tiger you got to start playing at some point. Yeah, I mean, the Masters might have been a stepping stone. Uh, I mean, the problem is, I mean, you can't play Augusta National and then take a couple of months off before you go play in the Open Championship. If that, I mean, if that was going to be, it's not, that just doesn't work. I but mean, do you think you got to play BS? a couple of tune-ups? I don't think care that's if they call BS this or not. No, I, I think it's absolutely true. I mean, we kind of looked at it the other night, guys. I mean, we have three events between now and the U.S. US Open. Then after that, there's three, or technically four because there's opposite field event. But there's three weeks between the, the U.S. Open and the British Open. So I completely agree. I don't think there's any other time where he would have played. And so from the way that if that comment is true, Sam, it just leads me to think that Tiger actually entered this event without – extreme circumstances thinking that he would be able to win. And there's a lot of times where over the course of the week you say, oh, yeah, well, there's no chance Tiger wins. Surely you think that. But deep down, he has that confidence. And if that's the case, makes me think that, well, he came in thinking, well, you know, I'll make the cut. I'll get my repetitions in, do all this stuff. Was that a chance to win? Who knows? In all honesty, I mean, so what's Zalatoris at now? Nine under? Is that what he's Nine, at? Nine yeah, under. Right. So, yeah, yeah, Tiger's 12 back. So, 
I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Tiger plays two good rounds and gets back in the top 10, top 15. Perfect transition because just to wrap it up on Tiger, in his uh, post-round press conference, he said, I'm pretty far back, but you just never know. So we'll see for the weekend on Tiger, but at least if you are going out to Southern Hills tomorrow and Sunday, you will see Tiger Woods on the golf course. Dad, I didn't get to see any of Will Zalatoris' round, even though he was playing right ahead of Tiger. I guess I did see him a couple times, um, but you got to tell me about this bogey-free round from Zalatoris because it sounded just immaculate. Well, I mean, we, we you guys know this, that the guy's just a tremendous ball striker. He loves the golf course. I mean, he walks into the clubhouse earlier this week and, and said, is this course sweet or what, or, you know, yeah. some comment like that. But obviously, you guys know this, uh, Y'all played in it. I mean, in the yeah. transmiss in, in 2014. I mean, the guy wins that golf tournament. Um, now, it, it was shortened. Yeah, the tournament was shortened, but but still, he won the golf yeah, tournament, the transmiss on this golf course, you know, a very big amateur event. And so, um, no, the guy was just, I mean, it was just, um, you know, just a solid round of golf. What can you say? I mean, he, you know, a birdie on number 10, pars his way through the, the rest of of his first nine, the back nine, and then he had the three straight birdies at 11, 12, and 13. Then he adds a birdie at 17, so uh, 31 on the on, on the back nine, 65 for the round, and he's sitting there at nine under par with, with a one-shot lead. T-Dub, the one note that I wrote today to remember to talk about on the podcast was Will Zalatoris had either just taken the lead or tied the lead or was around the lead on when he played number eight and he had a three-and-a-half-foot putt to save par on number eight, and there was no hesitation in that stroke whatsoever. On today's round, T-Dub, Will Zalatoris gained 2.59 shots on the green. On yesterday's round, he gained 3.59 shots on the greens. What are What is Will Zalatoris doing differently that you see other than just making confident strokes? You know, the thing that I'm seeing, guys, is, is that you can make the comparison just because of the sub-air system, but what did Zalatoris do two years ago at Augusta when he finished second? He putted good, right? I don't know if yep. he putted this good, but he putted good. So, good point. And I think there's similarity between – Perry Maxwell had an influence on the Augusta greens, not fully, but a little bit. I think there's a lot of similarities between there. So maybe there's just something to do with the look and the feel of that. Um, the question I have about Zalatoris going into the weekend is, having by far his best putting week of his career, getting three point like you just said, yeah. Sam. The question is – is he at a point now because he's at 9-under, Pereira's at 8-under, and Pereira's really not the biggest name ever. He could still make a run. But then you got JT at minus 6. So essentially, we'll just call it a three-shot lead right now. Let's just say Pereira's not there. Does he have to keep his putter rolling like it has been to keep that lead? Or he's gaining, two point, I believe, 2.5 approach to green. So is his ball striking going to be enough even if the putter does start to lose him on the weekend of a major championship to where he can hold the lead and eventually win Huntman? I don't know the answer to that, but I, I think one thing we need to mention about the greens today, guys, was that they did not cut the greens because yes. of the, the winds right. that were, were gusting up to 40 miles an hour this morning. And, you know, they were afraid if, if, if they cut the greens that, you know, that they might not be able to keep the ball on the green. And so they, they and Kerry did not. Haig talked about how Southern <clears throat> Hills is pushing it with the slope limits. Yeah. And so they didn't cut them. And, and you had a number of players, you know, that, that were complaining at times. In fact, one time, ironically, they had the mic that picked up, you know, what the player said right after the putt. 
And Zalatoris hit one, and it just didn't roll out like he thought it would. And he said, Velcro. You know, and and you know, you guys know when you're putting on a real slow green and you go, you just can't hit it hard enough to get to the hole. And that's what we saw today from a lot of, from a lot of guys, even on downhill putts where they're just looking for the putt to release to the hole. And it didn't, it didn't do it because they didn't cut the green. It's pretty shocking that, well, not shocking that they didn't cut the greens, but it's funny that they didn't cut the greens because last night we were hearing a lot of bitching about the greens yeah, from being, players that yeah. played late last right. night. And then with the wins, they weren't allowed or weren't able to uh, to cut the greens seed of. And so it was just kind of a perfect storm for, you know, I, I don't think it's like Southern Hills has bad greens. I don't think no. that that's the case, right? And I, I had a I had a friend shout out Trey Payne sent message my group text. He didn't say the golfer, but he was out watching. He said that some bunker or some guy hit a a putt short and said yelled that it was like putting in a bunker is what he said. So very similar to the Velcro line. Just, so I mean that's just the nature of the beast, right? For these players, right? They right. they would putt short, hit it bad. It's never their fault. They never hit it. <laughs> and you know it, we kind of got off a of tiger, but I'll go back to it real quick. One is that with his putting, it's clear that he practices putting, right, over since Augusta because we went from one putting the last seven holes or whatever to hitting all these other putts. But then it's also interesting because he's always talked about that he likes faster greens, and he putted his best today with extremely slower greens. Well, I that's, mean, that's what I'm saying telling. on Will Zalatoris is he complained about the Velcro, but he's just had two of the back-to-back – Best putting rounds of the year on on greens that today were a little slower. And so, you know, you ask, can he keep this up and keep putting like this for the weekend? It'll be interesting to see if the yips come back being in the lead, sleeping on the lead. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because I think most of his, and you guys would agree with me, that most of his putting problems are mental, right? Um, by That's the what way, it looks like. By the way, we're going to be joined not only uh, by Colby Powell at the end of the show, but uh, right after the break, we will be joined uh, by Jim Woodward. But before that, I want to get to um, the draw. Guys, I think that, you know, we haven't talked enough about how the wind was so windy in the morning. What was it gusting up to? 30 in the morning, right? It, it was definitely over 30. The Golf Channel forecast said it was going to gust up, you know, to possibly 40 to 45. But it was it was definitely, you guys were out there. I mean, it was definitely blowing up, you know, a solid 25 with gust over 30. We can I, I can confidently say that. Right. And and that's just pretty dramatic to have. And it was blowing when I walked out the door at a quarter of seven this morning. Yeah. And so for it to be blowing that hard that early in the day, and it really blew that hard, what, teed up up until about noon or so? Yeah, maybe. Something like that. Maybe even a little maybe. later at that point. Yeah. And it's just, it seemed like the gusts were not just like steady gusts out of the same direction. It seemed like they were coming from almost all over the place in that sense. So not only did you have a stiff wind, guys, but you had an almost unpredictable wind, which was really telling to me. And I mentioned the gusts earlier, but it was like, you know, you'd have like a steady 15 to 20, right? And then you would just have this random gust of 30, and it would occur for like three minutes. And and then it would go away, which so, is, you'd think you have that in Oklahoma, but it since it's not happened the way that it did And today. then about the time that, and Sam mentioned earlier, when Tiger's on eight and he blew it over the green, and I think, now one thing, I think Tiger hit a three iron. I do think he hit the wrong club. Probably should have hit a four. The guys in the group in front of him hit four. But the wind had just died down. At one point, SVP looks up at the big flagpole, and the flag is hanging limp. Yeah. <laughs> the flags have been straight out all week. I got well, a text, then, by the way. Yeah. Shout out to Brett Layton. He sent me the wind forecast. Yeah. I, I don't know whether he's like into planes or something like that, but he sent me the wind forecast and he said, headed your way. It, the wind's going to totally switch here in a couple hours. And he was dead right. At the time, I thought he was nuts because it was blowing 
30 from the South, right? But um, Well, back to the draw. I mean, yeah, it's a definite no, fact. Well, well, the question I want to ask you guys is, or really the, the two guys I want to talk about are Taylor Gooch and uh, Justin Thomas. I think those are the two guys that played the most solid rounds in the win today. And I think that Justin Thomas especially is a guy to look out for on the weekend um, now that he's playing in the same conditions as the other leaders. Yeah, and, you know, JT, I believe he mentioned after yesterday's press conference, if he could take uh, 367, or I'm sorry, 467s, he'd take it and be sitting pretty good. Well, he's two for two already <laughs> so far. You only got two more to go, big guy. And, I mean, if he gets a 12 under, at this rate, depending on how they set up the course, Zalatoris may be and it may not, but I guarantee it'd be at least second place. And you just look at his scorecard, guys. I actually watched him on the first hole. I was right around there. He actually missed a very, very makeable birdie putt on the first hole. He ended up making a par. He only had one bogey on the day. That was on the 14th. I've seen a lot of bogeys on par threes this week, probably because they're all over 200 yards, essentially. But four birdies, birdie 13, 10, uh, 9, and 5. And one thing I'll say about JT, guys, that, that's pretty telling to me is that he birdied his last hole yesterday, 18, and he bo- he birdied his last hole today in nine. So that goes to show that if tomorrow or Sunday comes around and he needs to make a putt coming down the stretch, he's going to have the confidence to do it. And he was chilling out at home today. Uh, Joe Buck and Michael Collins were, were trying to get him to call in and do an interview with him before <laughs> they went off there. And JT finally, with about five minutes to go in their show, here's JT, and he's FaceTiming from home, and he's got the compression stuff on his yeah. legs and so forth, and and uh, and he's, uh, you know, the, the guy is just so laid back, and he's he's really the guy. If he wanted to quit playing golf and be a commentator, he'd be, you know, the best. He did a heck of a job at the match. Yeah, he he did, but but anyway, he he did a good five minutes or so uh, with the caddy and Joe Buck. That's good stuff. Uh, the other guy, Taylor Gooch, he played in the win this morning, and. Um, by the way, Taylor Gooch, what what'd you say the guys that Taylor Gooch played with ended up over par for the tournament? Yeah, I think one was, uh, was it 13 under and 11 under, maybe the total of 24 under. I believe it was uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, the two guys that uh, uh, Taylor was paired with. So. so he had not only the bad end of the draw weather-wise, he got a terrible pairing, uh, and he is still one under tied for 17th in this golf tournament, guys. Did I say under, I meant over. I mean, yeah, yeah. 11 and 13 over. Exactly, yeah. Right. yeah. And so here's the deal with Taylor is – one birdie, one bogey on his round today, 70 in that win. That is about as solid as it gets um, in the win today. And, guys, if he can just start putting a little bit better, he's losing 1.21 shots on the greens, but he's striking it just as good as all the leaders. T-Dub, um, I don't know if you've seen any of Taylor Gooch out there, um, but what does Taylor Gooch need to do tomorrow being at one under to kind of give himself a shot? I would say for TG, he needs, needs to, like to, like he did today, you got to stay patient, right? Because obviously you see he's not putting very well, but he's making a lot of pars, so what's the indicator there? But he also a, had to putt in the wind, to be fair. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And tomorrow, one thing to take about the greens is that a lot of people only think of, oh, well, when you don't mow them, they're just slower, and you don't have to do is hit them. Well, they break a lot less, too, when you do that. So yeah. that's going to be something to watch for upcoming. But as for TG, I just think that, just stay patient because Southern Hills is not a course to where you can go out and make eight birdies in a round to, to make everything up. It's going to have to come to you. And at this point, he's eight back, and that it, this sucks to say, but if Zalatoris doesn't start giving up a little ground, no one's going to have a chance that's that's down at one under. So he needs to be able to do things that he can control himself, but at the same time, he needs some help as well. Well, the other bad break for him, not only on the wrong side of the draw, but – 
He had he had he was had the first tea time today. Seven o'clock tea time off number one. I mean, you would say, okay, that's the time of day when you get that seven o'clock tea time. The greens are fresh and so forth. And, and normally there's there's not much wind at seven in the morning. And the wind was blowing the hardest of the whole day between, <laughs> between 7 o'clock and 11 o'clock. I, seriously, it was blowing. It was the worst 7 o'clock tea way, time of all time. By the way, why are, we really putting, why are we putting the local favorite out with two no-names at 7 o'clock in the morning? I, I don't That is it. ridiculous yeah. to me. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, we will get more into it after the break here on the 73rd Hole podcast. By the way. I did see Lucas Herbert out there today, and he uses a Groovit brush. Go get your Groovit brush. has the magnet that you can magnet to your bag, and it has water inside of the brush that you can spray on your club face and then brush it off with the best bristles in the brush game in the game of golf. So right after the break, we'll be joined by Jim Woodward of Oak Tree National that you saw on live from last night, uh, by the way, or two nights ago. Great Great job to uh, not only Tom Jones, but Kim McLeod on that special on Live From as well. So after the break, Jim Woodward here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. And we are back here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Now we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, teaching professional of the PGA of America himself, Jim Woodward. And Woody, did you watch the golf today? I don't know. There's been a little little bit of a mishap with the phone. So, so what has Woody been up to today? <laughs> well, you know what's crazy, guys? As typical, what world just keeps going around the circle on me. I had company come in that is actually going to the PGA, but they're going on the weekend. So they decided, hey, is there a place any place we can play golf? So we go to Jimmy Austin today. Between our phones, I was playing one of our podcasts for him, bragging about how good these guys are. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And, and they were had live video going while we were watching the PGA playing golf. They're listening to our podcast. Well, good Lord. I didn't even think about it. I got in the car and threw my phone down, and I thought, well, the guys will call sometime. Well, my phone was dead in a doornail, and I never even knew it. So. <laughs> it's all good, Woody, but we're joined by – 
We're joined by the Hump Man and T-Dub here. Uh, Colby is doing the Golf Channel stuff and will join us a little bit later. Um, but what he, in the first segment, we went through Tiger's whole round, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because I thought I, – I, by the way, I was inside the ropes today, Woody. It was a majestic experience watching one of the most grittiest performances that I've ever seen – um, just take me through your thoughts on Tiger Woods making the cut when he – yesterday I thought he was going to withdraw when he walked up the hill on 18. Hey, oh, you know, it, it just – once again, it just shows you how phenomenal uh, not only of a golfer he is, just an athlete to go. None of us will ever know the pain this guy's in. And, and for him to gut it out, fight through it, and and the two guys that are here, one is my, my – my wife's oldest son and the other is a friend of his they flew all the way here from miami florida to watch this pga and we're we're pulling so hard we could care less who's (laughs) winning the golf tournament all we wanted is him to make the cut so that they could get a chance to see him this weekend and uh god love tiger he he found a way to get it done it's just uh, he doesn't. He never ceases to amaze me. I'll just say that a hundred percent, Woody. He is the needle. I don't know if you saw the crowds that were following uh, John Rom, Patrick Cantlay, and Morikawa, but there was about two or three people following them at the same time that Tiger played today, yesterday, right? And and the grandstands were empty. Woody, I was out there on the course, and it was like. When he first teed off, when Tiger finished on 18 today, obviously he was playing with the uh, first-round leader in uh, Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, but I think it mostly had to do with people wanting to watch Tiger Woods. Why, to you, is he just that much bigger? I had a buddy text me, and he said that Tiger Woods is not the best player to ever play the game of golf. He is golf. Yeah, in my era, it was Arnold Palmer. Uh, Arnold Palmer was who moved the needle and was the greatest when I, in my day when I was, you know, growing up playing golf. Uh, for you guys, it was Tiger Woods. It was everything about Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And he has evolved over these years through all of his trials and tribulations. And he's had some ups and downs. Let's not lie to each other about that. But I think he's in a funny kind of way, except for Traber, uh, all of us <laughs> has kind of gotten where we like the guy. And, and, and we pull for him. Even my age, at first, we didn't like him because he was almost too good. And right. they were talking about him being better than Jack Nicholas, and it hurt our feelings. But <laughs> if you've watched him, if you've watched him mature and turn into the, the, the individual that he has become, it's hard not to pull for him, is it not? I mean, I know you guys love him. I listened to you on our last podcast. That <laughs> you guys just adore the man. But he's actually gotten to the point where, and, and except for your for your dad, your dad's always loved him too, Sam. But there's a lot of us that weren't that high on him, and we, we, we wanted to downplay how good he was. But the more I got around him, the more I watched him play golf and then watching him mature into the individual he is, man, I just don't know how you don't pull for the guy. I mean, that's what I was doing playing golf today. Well, I don't know. I don't even care about golf anymore, it seems like. But <laughs> watching watching these two guys 
for Miami that came all this way, they didn't care that Will Zaratoris played real good. They didn't care that Justin Thomas was playing real good. They didn't want to talk about the guys that were leading. They said, Warriors, Tiger, can he make the cut? That's all they cared about. And that's what everyone who was at Southern Hills cared about as well because everyone <laughs> on the property was watching that group and no one else. But, but Woody, last night and, and, and throughout the week, we've had some, some issues with the players and they haven't been particularly fond of the way the course has been. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the word set up, but I guess the conditions. And I've been dying to talk to you about this ever since I heard it because you're the only one out of us four who's ever played a major championship. It's just, I don't know. I'm out there watching it and everything looks pretty dang dandy to me. And it just seems <laughs> like these players who aren't getting the ball in the hole just seem to complain a lot, Woody. So take us through the setup of a traditional major championship that you've seen. And is there anything in, on this broadcast or anything you've seen that Southern Hills would give the players this much right to complain about the conditions? Uh, no, no, I, and, and I understand that there's some pebbles in the bunkers that that will get in the grooves that make the bunker shots tough. I yep. get that. I get that. That that would that would be the only thing that I could see where they might get a little of their dander up. But which was a change. Under, Sorry to interrupt you, Woody, but that was yeah. a change because the old Southern Hills bunkers were some of the purest bunkers to ever so hit out pure. of. But I think they, they did that on purpose to make them a little bit more of a hazard, right? Well, and, and what what they did, believe it or not, is they actually pulled that sand out and stored it and then put that sand back in, believe it or not, huh. Sam. And, and uh, what happened is that when it was, you know, sitting outside of the bunker for all that time, it became a little bit more crusty, gravelly type. And so – it, it, it will have a little bit more of a uh, the texture of it will be a little bit more coarse, a little bit a little bit more difficult to hit out of. They knew that all along. And it's they a were different doing. color not, too. It's it's yes, kind of darker, yes. and it used to be yes. white. It was like pearl white. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. And that that's kind. Of, they they knew what they were doing. I'm not going to lie to you there, but keep in mind is if. Everywhere you go, I just want you guys to think about this for just a second. Everywhere you go, everything is perfect. As perfect as people can possibly make it for the one week these guys show up. And then if there's maybe a little glitch somewhere, there's a few of them, and especially if they're not having the best week, they can turn into little wine bags in a heartbeat. They really can. (laughs) And – that's what, if you really watch the really great players, you don't hear that out of them. You never heard that out of Jack Nicholas. You, you, you don't hear that out of Tiger. Uh, you never heard it out of Tom Watson. Uh, they, 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 I can go down the list, what I call my really, truly great players. You didn't ever hear them whining. And and going out, you know, and it, <laughs> uh, it's what just turns me off so quick. John Rahm, if he never win another golf tournament, I don't care. Uh, he is the biggest wine bag I have ever heard in my life. He is ridiculous <laughs> when it comes to being a bad attitude. The guy to thank his lucky stars every time he gets to go to the first TNT off in a golf tournament. What would he do for a living if he wasn't playing golf? <laughs> Hey, hey, Woody, I do have to correct you on one thing. I haven't always been some crazy Tiger fan. In fact, <laughs> no, er, hey, listen, early in his career, I was – and it's not that I disliked him. He was just so good that I was always – you know, I, I was pulling for the underdog or, or pulling for the other guy. And when 
when they came here with the uh, 2001 U.S. Open at, at Southern Hills and, and he had completed the Tiger Slam, he had won four majors in a row, and I was working, uh, doing not only working for the, the, the sports animal, I started working with Westwood One that, that spring at the Masters, and I worked with them at that U.S. Open, but we were also doing a show on, on Cox Cable, and we would do it with Bill Land and do it every night and so forth. And, and I, in fact, in 2001, we even did, did it during the day, and then 2007, we did it at night. But my point is, in 2001, I was preaching all week because people were acting like it's just a given Tiger's going to win. And I, I, I was preaching all week that, hey, listen, his game is not made for Southern Hills. He, th- this is the course that will end that streak because, you know, and especially Southern Hills at that time was shorter. And my point was that, you know, you didn't have to be a long hitter. You know, you know, no, uh, being a long hitter, not. you couldn't just dominate Southern Hills just because you were a long hitter. And it turned out we did have – you know, two kind of medium. I mean, Mark Brooks, kind of a short hitter. Uh, Goosen yeah. was not a bomber at that time. I mean, you know, but he was a good player, and he ends up beating Brooks in the playoffs. And and we had a couple of guys, you know, like a, a Stuart Sink, you know, barely uh, missed the playoff and so forth. But anyway, the point is, I wasn't some Tiger fan. I, I wasn't pulling for Tiger to go ahead and win at Southern Hills and win the next one and so forth. And I did not meet him that week. The first time I met Tiger was – at Bethpage, and that's when I'm doing the interviews, and I met him, you know, I think it was after the first round, I guess, at, at, at uh, Bethpage. Um, but By I the did- way, we've been kind of close to Tiger this week. How nervous were you? Because I get nervous if he's, like, within 40 yards. Oh, I was nervous yeah. the first time I met him. There's, there's no question. But it was in 2002 <laughs> at Bethpage. But what I'm saying, Woody, I interviewed him many times over the next five or six years, and, and we were doing – the Masters, U.S. Open, and PGA we were doing three out of the four majors, and my job was to interview the leaders, and he was a leader a bunch of times. during. And, and we'd interviewed, do the preview interview on Tuesdays of that week and so forth. And I did become a fan of his because Woody, he never – I think he turned me down one time when it was like five minutes before dark and he just got through and he wanted to run to the range and, and hit some balls before it got dark. But I interviewed him walking to the locker room, to the parking lot, to the driving range, to every, you know. Now, he probably wasn't going to stop and sign the autographs anyway, so he liked doing an interview with me because we were walking. And, and, you know, he didn't have to stop and talk to people. But I'm, I'm just telling, telling you, he talked to me after good rounds, bad rounds, everyone, every, every round, always treated me with respect, never talked down to me, and answered the questions. Granted, I was only talking to him about his golf, not his personal life or anything like that. But uh, but I've always been a fan of Tiger Woods ever since then. But early on, right. I was I was pulling against the guy just the same as everyone else because he was so dominant. Well, yeah, he was dominant, and he's a professional, and that's why you like him. Hey, and if you all will grant me one other uh, yeah. minute here to talk about what he's talking about the attitude and talking about John Rahm. Woody, I thought the turning point of the round today for Will Zalatoris, remember when he hits it into that bunker at number 10, and he is on the downslope. I mean, the ball's up high on the downslope where, I mean, it looks like he's got, he's got no shot, right? And did you hear what they said? He walks up to his caddy. He looks at the light and walks up to his caddy and said, this is going to be fun. And then did he complain about the sand in the bunkers or anything? No, nope, he proceeded nope. to hit one of the best bunker shots that we've hit this week and hits it out to, what, two feet or less or whatever and makes the par. And, and what did that spur him to do? Then he goes on the run where he birdies 11, 12, 13. That all happened after he hit that bunker shot and had a great attitude at number 10. Right, Woody? I tell you, Craig, you 
you're so spot on with that. It is unbelievable because a, a round can turn so quickly and everybody thinks it, it's because there's a bad hole. It, it's keeping it a bad hole from happening. It, anything could have happened. That was that bunker shot was phenomenal. That was like making eagle, in my opinion, for him to get that ball up and down to make par. It just, it just setting. It's just what you said. It, 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 it changed everything. But he went about it with the right attitude. That's why he was able to pull that shot off. Woody, I'm curious. We talked in the first segment about Will Zalatoris's putting, and I'm curious to get a teacher's perspective on it. I think most of his problems, Woody, are mental. Um, and even though I did write down in my notes to say that I saw Will Zalatoris make a clutch three-and-a-half-footer with no pause in the backstroke on number eight, and I'm sure he did it many more times that I didn't see because I was out on the course. Um, but what do you think that Will Zalatoris – it, what, where do you think his mindset should be headed into tomorrow to make sure that those yips don't come back on some short putt sleeping with the lead? You know what was crazy is I was happened to see a lot of his putts because I wasn't there. I was watching this video that was streamed through our iPads. He stroked the ball today like a guy I'd never seen. And now he's still got it pinned against his forearm and I wouldn't say he still looks really comfortable, but I thought he looked more comfortable today than I'd ever seen him. And you know what I thought today, Sam, what I saw personally as a teacher and as a player, he, he didn't really look like he was scared. He, he went through his motions, but they were quicker almost to me. He, he, he didn't waste any time. He, he looked at the lines. He felt the felt his stroke, and he got over it, and he just let it go. And I think what you need to watch this weekend is does that pre-shot change any? Does he start looking point. like he's thinking a lot more, like he's not as comfortable? Today, for some reason, I'll tell you what, I don't know how many putts I saw him make, but he made a lot of putts, and they were in that range that normally his stroke doesn't look all that good from 10 feet in. I saw about three or four that I thought looked fabulous. So all I noticed is it seemed like he was almost doing it quicker. If that doesn't sound crazy, but it, it, to me, he just sometimes looks like he doesn't want to pull the trigger. And T-Dub, I was walking with a guy today. Um, obviously, he, he was a teaching professional up in uh, Connecticut, right? And he was I was talking to him a little bit um, about Will Zalatoris, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it about how it's changed since I played with him at um, U.S. Open sectionals in 2017 when he hit about 30 greens in 36 holes and shot even par one over for the tournament. I mean, what do you see that has totally changed? Is it confidence? Is it technical? Is it the, the, the forearm grip? Like, what is it? I think that what has happened because – I've seen basically every person in this player hit golf balls at this point. And <laughs> Zalatoris is top five, maybe top three iron players out there out yeah. of everyone I've seen. So what that leads me to think is that, okay, you have the belief factor at that point, right? You know that, okay, I'm already so good at the irons. He may, He's probably not top three driver of the ball, but he's still a really good driver of the ball. So then you got to say you have two options here. You can either, one, get better at putting, or two, lose your job. And so he's going to get better at putting, and he doesn't have to – it's sort of like Spieth, right? We talk about this, where he focused so much on his iron game that he got worse in putting, and 
Zalatoris, it seems like he's been able to put a lot of focus into the putting without losing the ball striking, which is something that... That's a magic recipe for golfers, right? Because we all struggle with something, and we want to get good at the other part while not getting worse at the other one. So, I don't know, guys. That, that, that seems like what it is to me. And and on that point as well, he, like we mentioned earlier, he's gaining over three strokes uh, on the green, so that means that he has confidence, too, in what he's seeing. So, right now, it's a combination of the two. I just want to wonder, guys, is he going to be able to make – is the stroke from three to five feet going to be the same tomorrow on the back nine or on Sunday yeah, on the back nine as it was today? And I don't know the answer to that, Hummel. Dad, I, I mean, I, I, I want to get to other guys real quick because I, we've spent so much time on Will Zalatoris. I feel like we've buried the lead a little bit that Bubba Watson shot seven under on his round today, a 63, gained four shots, uh, strokes gained approach. I didn't see one shot of it because I was following Tiger Woods. Uh, T-Dub or Dad or, or Woody, um, yeah, Woody, someone Let's jump in. Woody, so, someone this. jump in here and tell me how Bubba Watson could possibly shoot a 63 today just out of the blue. Well, if you don't mind me saying it, I think Bubba Watson is so talented also. I mean, he is amazingly talented. And what he has a way of doing is getting in this little zone, as we call it. He doesn't do it all the time, that's for sure. Or or he, he would have won a lot more majors and a lot more golf tournaments than he has. But when he's on, and, and what's hard for all of us sitting here talking about it, and anybody plays golf, if you were in Bubba Watson's mind, when he looks at a golf shot, at all the different shots he sees, you would be absolutely floored. I'm telling you, what what he can do with a golf ball is sometimes unbelievable. Not like a Tiger Woods just stripes it. The way this guy can visualize moving golf balls that don't move as much as they used to back in the day and when it's on, I'm going to tell you what, look out. He can beat anybody in the world anytime. Now, he's sleeping tonight. He's got to get up tomorrow. <laughs> Will he still see those shots? I don't know. I'm not Bubba Watson. I couldn't tell you. But when he does see them, look out. Uh, 63 is not out of the picture again. I mean, guys, I got to tell you all this. I just mentioned I've seen everyone in this field play. I've seen Rory, John Rom, Dustin Johnson, Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf. I've seen everyone hit a driver. Bubba Watson was by far the best driver of the ball I've seen this week. By far. I saw him before wow. he played this morning. He hit one drive that he hit. It went so high. I, I thought it had like 5,000 RPM spin. It was going to land like halfway on the range. And he flew it on the other side of the range. It threw like 350 yards in the wind. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. It was by far the best driving I had seen out of anyone. And that was very, very shocking to me because... I mean, what, guys, six years ago, seven years ago, Bubba was the best driver in the world, but we kind of forget about that now, right? Because we've got so many of these young guys who just hit high bombs all the time. But Bubba, not only was he able to hit it long like that, but he was hitting this, he wasn't drawing it too much. But people talk about how much his ball works, you know, and you look at it and you say, well, it's, you know, it's not really moving a whole lot. But the thing is, it's in the air for so long that the moving just a little bit, little bit, little bit adds up to a, a lot at the end of the day. So it was absolutely magical to watch. Obviously, he teed off after Tiger. So after Tiger left the range, I was about to leave. And I said, oh, Bubba's hitting driver, so I'm going to stay and watch. And I thank God I did because <laughs> it was an absolute treat to watch him. I, I was there at Augusta National, number 10 in the playoff. Uh, you know, I 
I, I was kind of done for the night, and I thought, I'm going to go out and watch this playoff. <laughs> and I, Now, I was not right behind him. I was about 30 yards up the fairway, and, and so, you know, um, I see him swing, and then I see this ball come out of the woods and take a right turn. I could see on, on the green. I mean, it hits, and it spins like dead right. And so, I mean, just Woody, I mean, uh, hooking a yeah. wedge like that, I mean, just one of the crazier yeah. things I've ever seen, but that's what this guy can do. But Woody, he made nine birdies today. I mean, he actually bogeyed yeah. two holes. He, he bogeyed that number three nuts. and 14. He, he birdied half the holes, Woody. I saw that. I saw a score. That's crazy. And, and the guys we were watching, they kept saying, dang, Bubba made another bird. And I go, well, it doesn't shock me. And they go, well, do you think his swing's any good? I said, are you kidding me? Why would I? Are, yeah, it must be pretty good. He, how many birdies he made? And they that's when they said to me, I, he said, he's going to make nine, it looks like. And, you know, but Craig, what's crazy is because you were there in person at, 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 at Masters at Augusta when he won, where he drove that ball in those trees. Nobody sees that shot, but Bubba no. Watson. No, they don't, and that—that's why I think he's so—he's a freak of nature. And and uh, will he win the golf tournament on Sunday night if we're talking? And he has won. I don't think I'm going to be shocked. I just know one thing: I'm not picking any more Longhorns. So. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, what? Do you, hey, I got I got to mention to you guys um, one guy that is not local, um, but he is a good friend of mine. I saw Davis Riley today uh, walking up from the interview area, and he stopped, gave me a hug, and told me he was praying for my mom. So that meant a lot wow. to me. Wow. But that is not wow. the coolest. I mean, that was probably the coolest part of the uh, day for Davis Riley for me personally, right? But Davis Riley is tied for fifth in this golf tournament. I know. And we talked about him possibly being the rookie of the year, and he makes three birdies on the day on number four, number 10, and number 13. And the only bogey he made today was on one of the easier holes, which is number five. Um, Do you guys give Davis Riley any shot of contending at four under on the weekend, T-Dub? I'll be honest with you. I would be absolutely astonished if he won this tournament. Me too. But but I'll, I'll say this. I think this is the start of building a long and successful career, right? I, I think we can all say this, right? Davis Riley will probably win a major, right, sometime in his career. I, I would I mean, be. I would probably be more shocked. So. <laughs> I, I would be more shocked if he didn't win one compared to if he did, right? Just from everything I know from him as a junior player, and I think that him having the great week that he is so far. It's just going to build more confidence to allow that to happen. I mean, who knows, guys? He might come out and shoot 78-78 the next two days and finish towards the bottom, and then may everything look bad. But, yeah, I still don't think that's going to halt me from thinking this kid's going to win a lot of tour events going forward. And, like I said, I would be shocked if he didn't win a major. But, uh, Dad, Dad and Woody, I didn't see a shot that Davis Riley hit today, but the stats say he gained 3.47 shots gained approach. What did you guys see from Davis today? Well, I say that you took you take it, Tom. Well, what what I was going to say is is yeah, the guy is just I, I don't see that many weaknesses in in his game, Woody. I mean, to to me, yeah. but and 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 probably Sam's right. Maybe he's a better iron player than driver of the golf ball. I don't know. I haven't seen him that. Well, I mean, that he much. still gained one point five nine off the tee today, so he was still hitting the driver well i mean most of the time that i've watched yeah. him in person was when he was like nine through 12 years old or whatever i mean we've known <laughs> right. him since seeing him at the at the future masters and what have you seen so many young guys and and you 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 grew up and, and you played against him and then you saw him you know as, as tour players or whatever of course a lot of the guys that you played against would have, have uh, 
you know, grown up and, and they become, you know, music stars like Vince Gill and so forth. <laughs> and, and you knew them yeah. when they were. But, but, but that's, that's the way it is with this family. I mean, out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, we'd see him at the Future Masters every year and other junior tournaments. David and Kim, we know his parents and so forth. I've followed his career all the way, great junior career to the University of Alabama, and to see him out there on tour right now, and now to see him in a major the other day. And the other day, I'm out there with my boss, and I'm just trying to show him around Southern Hills, uh, Cisco. And, and we get down, and we get down to the number nine tee box, and here's a group coming up, and 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 it's Davis Riley. Yeah. And I get up there, and it's and it's Davis Riley and Sam Burns, I think Cameron Young playing with him. And I'm and my mind is taking me back to when he was nine years old. And here now <laughs> I'm on the tee box with him, and and he's playing in the PGA, Woody. I mean, it's just crazy, huh? It it is, and and you know, Craig, I got to tell you, one of the things I love the most about let these boys let me join them on this podcast. I didn't have a clue who Davis Riley was. I'm sorry. I yeah, didn't watch yeah. him grow up. Right. And I'm watching his name, and I thought, huh. So I Googled, and that's when I found out about his career in Alabama and, and, and what all he's done. And it, it just shocked me that I'm thinking, how many great players are there out there? And he, he fell right into that list that – it takes those kind of kids. What happens is they have a PGA. They have a week where all of a sudden people figure out, hey, who's this guy? And you know what? I'm pulling for him this weekend. I, now that I know you guys are friends with him, I'm really pulling for him. But when I saw him today, I thought, this is a young man that's going to go places. I hope he has a really good weekend. I, I'm kind of like Taylor. I would be shocked if he could win the golf tournament. But let me tell you something. In 1991, I knew a guy named John Daly, and I didn't think he had a chance in hell of winning. <laughs> okay, let me just tell you, boys, that I played some golf with John Daly, yeah. and I thought, well, that lunatic, there is no way he can hold it together for 72 holes. And you know what? Crazy things happen in golf. That's all I'm going to tell you yeah. guys. Crazy things happen in golf. Woody, speaking of friends, tell us about our great friends at Quail Creek Bank. Oh, gosh, you're talking about the Davenport family, which I've known for years. Uh, Dave Davenport, God rest his soul. I'll tell you guys just a real quick story how cool the people at, at Quail Creek Bank that the Davenport's had owned for years. When I was a club professional and had qualified to go play in the PGA, it was at Bahala, and Dave Davenport came to me and he said, Woody, if you want to go over and play a practice round, you can use my jet. Wow. And, and I said, excuse me? <laughs> what? And I said, well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Davenport, I, I can't thank you enough for that. But I said, there's no way I'm going over to Valhalla if you're not going with me. That's and cool. darn it, the two of us That's didn't great. fly over there and play a practice round together. That family has been so special in my life. And, and, in my family's life because they've done it at Quail Creek Bank. It's, it's one of the most phenomenal banks. If the people aren't familiar with it, you're cheating yourself if you don't go in there for uh, any kind of small business loan or any kind of car loans or just do your banking at Quail Creek because they're just awesome. Well, that is great stuff, Woody, and we are so happy to have Quail Creek Bank on board with us here on the 73rd hole. Woody, I have two more guys to ask you about, and then we'll let you get out of here. Number one, we'll stay local. Let's talk about Abe Answer. 
um, at four under par. He started on number 10 today. He birdied 12 and 13, but then he bogeyed 14 and 16 and then had a birdie on 17, and then he parred in from there on his last 10 holes, shot a 69, one under par. Um, what what did you see from Abe Answer today, and what have you seen from Abe Answer in the past that uh, might make you think he can – uh, can contend on the weekend well if you look at his career he reminds me a lot of our buddy taylor gooch mm-hmm. they they are slowly but surely contending more and more and more and it, it, they're probably you know not i'm not knocking them don't get me wrong here because they're so good it's stupid but are they at that level of that upper echelon a few of those guys that we always like to talk about no, not yet. And will they get there? I don't know. But they're going to get good enough that don't count them out. Why do I keep picking Taylor as my dark horse to win a major? There's a reason. Because I truly believe that he has, not only does he have the right brain to do it, but he's got the right heart and the right gut. And I see that in Abe answer, too. He's, if you look at his golf swing, it's not the prettiest golf swing out there. It, it really is not. But he knows it and he understands it, and he trusts it. And that is the most important thing when you're playing at that high level, and especially trying to win a major. You better trust everything in that golf bag and believe in it 150% or you cannot win a major. Yeah, that's great stuff, Woody. No, just uh, I, I see just mental toughness with both of those guys, and they've they, each one of them ha, has just dug it out of the ground. We we always talk about Taylor Gooch and and how you know he he wore out his sand wedges on on the little uh, chipping range over at John Conrad and so forth. You've seen Abe answer even in his time that he spent up at Oak Tree National uh, when he was a younger guy, but uh, just just tremendous confidence because they put in the work. You know, and they know they deserve to win. And now Abe Answer, he's not really having his, his best year this year, not having a year this year like he did last year, at least. Uh, you look at his current form, and it's not that great coming into this tournament. But I tell you what, when he when he gets in one of these big events and gets on a roll, the guy just believes in himself, right, Woody? No doubt. No doubt. And and the the hardest the hardest thing to win a major, in my opinion, which I never even sniffed it, is that confidence in yourself Yeah. that, that on that Sunday or all that Saturday when it's hard to breathe and, and, and you can't really feel your hands and, and you get those kinds of feelings. Do you trust yourself enough? Do you believe in yourself enough? And I think if you look at those guys, both of them do. Absolutely. Woody, uh, T-Dub, I got a question for you. Who was the most boring golfer on the course today? To me, it was Rory McIlroy because I followed him for pretty much his entire round. And from the time I started following him, he made one bogey and one birdie on the day. He was the first round leader. He shoots an even par, or uh, sorry, a one over round um, of uh, so a one over round of 71, um, but he's four under on the tournament. T-Dub, he gained 1.57 in this in his first two rounds on the greens, um, but everything else was pretty average today from Rory McIlroy on a day that he could have taken over this golf tournament. What did you see from Rory McIlroy? 
So, one I saw from Rory was kind of just a little comeback to earth, right? So, I mean, he shot 500 yesterday. So, a stellar round. I thought he was going to shoot about 300 today, if I had to guess. I thought he'd get about to the 8 or 9 under range, whereas Alatoris was, but just wasn't able to do it. And I think you make a really good point, Sam, with just, it just seemed not get much going. He didn't hit his irons very well, almost lost a full stroke there, and lost strokes putting. Thank God for the chipping, 1.82 around the greens, or he would have shot way over par. So, I mean, I think that with Rory, he's he's got enough confidence in what he's doing to if can he get within I, I don't know guys how many do y'all think Rory would need to be within the lead going into Sunday to have a chance to win three ish probably yeah, something somewhere like that. around there yeah that's kind of what I'm thinking so he's right now he's five back as Alatoris so then the two equations there are is he going to be able to play good enough to get within three and then is Alatoris going to play bad enough to not start running away with the tournament or I guess we can throw Mito Pereira in the in there as well but I don't know Woody I just I I, I completely agree with what these guys are saying I just I think that. He's going to have to be able to make a little bit of a move to get back in it because if he's four or five back or more going into Sunday, I don't think anyone has a chance. Well, I think I think Craig would agree with this because he's watched a number of majors. We're old enough to we've seen a lot of them. It's really hard to play a major championship and play all four rounds You're really right. good. You're going to have a day where let's say you're just not quite as sharp. And when you have that day, what what I still believe in Rory's going to be in this golf tournament when it's done, here lately when he hadn't had that day, guys, he shot 74-75. He shot three or four over. Uh, he, he shot one over today, and, and he, he didn't even have close to his A game. What, what swings I saw and what shots I saw, it didn't look like the same guy. So I think today was kind of his, uh, what we call the doldrum day. He he held it together well enough. He didn't shoot himself out of the golf tournament. But what do they call Saturday, boys? Moving what, day. What do we always yeah, moving, moving day? day. Yeah. Tomorrow he cannot come out of the box like he did today. He he can't make pars. He's going to have to make a move as Altoris. He's going to have to work his way up to what you were saying, Taylor. Perfect, about three shots back. If not, if he can get near closer than that. But I think he. I think he did good today. It, it was boring, like you said, Sam. That's a perfect uh, description of it. But it was a day he wasn't very good, and he kept it together. Yeah, I'm with Woody. Uh, 71, yeah, it's, it seems bad after shooting a 65 yesterday. But it's just it's just off a little bit, right? Woody, that's gone. Yeah. I mean, the drives that were finding the fairway yesterday, just finding barely in the rough today. The putts that were going in yesterday are just burning the edge or just a little bit short. Speed's just a little bit off. You know, and he easily, yeah, I mean, yesterday he made a couple of long ones or whatever, and it, it could have been a 67. This would, uh, Today could have easily been a 67 or 8. I, I think he's fine. I, I, I don't think he's out of this golf tournament. I don't think he's out of this golf tournament, tournament by any means, guys. I think that number 17 pretty much summed up Rory McIlroy's round from what I watched live and up close. He stripes an iron off the tee box, and he's one inch in the rough. That means he can't spin it. And he goes over the green, and it's an easy par. And he had a bunch of easy pars today. Like, he didn't hit any great shots that just mesmerized me. But he wasn't hitting bad shots. You know, there was no roller coaster, like, kind of Tigers round today a little bit. You know, there was no double bogeys. There was only two bogeys on the scorecard. To me... You know, he's such a good golfer that he is upset with shots. Like, it, it was interesting to me, like, on uh, number 14, 
He hit it back right of the green. I mean, he's going to easily make par, but he's just not hitting those um, irons as close as he would like, or at least he didn't in round two today. Um, you know, what I expect from Rory McIlroy tomorrow, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't shoot under par tomorrow. I, I completely agree. I, I think we're going to see the rebound round from Rory. And I don't know, guys. It's just I, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to envision who's going to be hoisting that trophy on Sunday. I just think about all the great golfers that have won here. And the fact of Tiger, Retief, Raymond Floyd, Nick Price, Dave Stockton. And it's like whoever wins here is going to be put in a pretty lucrative category. And I just think Rory is such a perfect fit for that. And after the first round and everything, he thought, oh, well, this is a match made in heaven. But, you know, guys, we can look back on it, and similar to kind of like Stockton with putting, we can look back on Zalatoris' ball striking being what gets him to win here. So this could be the first of many on that case. I don't know, guys, but I'm I'm definitely rooting for Rory. He's been my second favorite player, uh, especially now that Tiger's not doesn't have a chance to win the tournament at all. So definitely rooting for that. And it'll be interesting to see how he plays because we thought that the Tiger pairing would mess him up, right? And the first round didn't seem to, to do it, and – you could blame it on the, on the fact that may have happened yesterday, but yet I still don't believe it. It didn't happen today either. I it, I, I, it had agree. Nothing, I I think Rory McIlroy thought that he was the biggest star of that group today. He just didn't <laughs> quite have it, right? Well, and I'll say this too: they're going to have probably the biggest group tomorrow besides Tiger because he is playing with Abraham Answer, the local mm, guy who yeah. who I was out there because I was actually on the back nine when Tiger was on the front nine. Abe had a very, very strong group considering he was on the opposite side of Tiger. So there's going to be some hometown feel for him, especially now that he's up at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, and I wish I could give you guys more. I watched it live and up close. There's just nothing really to tell about Roy McIlroy. It didn't look bad. It didn't look great. It just looked like a round of golf where he didn't take himself out of the tournament, but he didn't take over the tournament. Like I, like I said, it was just kind of a boring round from Rory McIlroy. The, the fireworks were Tiger in that group fighting to make the cut. Uh, but Woody, one more question, and then we'll let you go. Who is your pick uh, for um, the weekend? <laughs> well, my three picks we had when we started the week didn't do worth a lick. Mine so, didn't either. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking you're asking the wrong guy, but I'll tell you what I think will happen. I, I still believe that Southern Hills is a shot maker's golf course. You have to be a phenomenal ball striker. You just have to be. Your putter putter can can save you, but but if you're not hitting your irons really good and solid, uh, you know what? I don't know. Uh, so. I think one of two guys is going to win this golf term. It's, it's going to be there's Alatoris because he, he's been under the gun. He was right there at the Masters, guys. So it's, it's not that I like I worry about him from a choke factor other than that putting stroke, or it's going to be Rory. And the reason why I think Rory is because of today. You were right, Sam. It was boring. He was bored. That's why he was frustrated out there. <laughs> he couldn't get anything going, and he knew – he knew if I could just get two or three under today, I can set myself a little bit apart. But he didn't. He left it open, and Zal Torres and a couple other guys, you know, they worked their way up that leaderboard. I think it'll be one of those two guys. That's just my opinion, just because they both hit the ball so good. Thanks, Woody. Great stuff as always. I appreciate it, Woody. We will talk to you tomorrow or Sunday. We'll figure it out. Yeah, you let me know, and I'll try not to burn my phone up bragging on how good our podcast is. <laughs> That's a good reason it, to burn it up, though. Hey, you have a good night. <laughs>
You too, guys. Thanks. Hey, everyone, do me a favor and go Google our friends at Ring Family Dentistry. I know them personally. My dad knows them personally, right? Phil and Brennan Ring, dentists at uh, Ring Family Dentistry. Go visit them. They do same-day orthodontics, uh, clear liner orthodontics. They do everything that the patient wants. No decision is made unless the patient is okay with it. They are the best in the business and the best in Oklahoma City. Right, Dub? Oh, you bet. I, I didn't even have my <laughs> mic on here, but no. No, hey, exactly what you said, Sam. We've known the family for years. Back to your baseball days. Tremendous people. Go by and see him. Ring Family Dentistry. All right. Now it is time to bring on the man, the myth, and the legend, like I said about Woody, but this one's Colby Powell. Colby, what's up? Oh, nothing much. Just uh, finally made it back from the course on a late night and on dad duty, so uh, it's nice. Layla stayed at grandparents last night. I hadn't seen her in about 48 hours, you know? You get a little attached to your kids, so it was, uh, it was good to get back and, and be dad for a little while instead of having to work. Well, Colby, we've talked a lot about Tiger Woods and how it was one of the grittiest performances I've ever seen just to make the cut. And I want to read off this stat uh, from Kyle Porter. It says, Tiger, who was in a wheelchair at this time last year, made the cut at the first two majors of the year. Here's a list of golfers who did not, including eight of the current top 18 in the world. Xander, Kepka, Spieth, Burns, Scheffler, Cantlay, DJ, Sergio, Berger, and Oosthuizen. None of those guys made the cut in the first two majors. What did you see from Tiger Woods today, Colby? You know, I saw a guy who is in no position to be winning golf tournaments right now, but don't tell him that, man. He got there in his press conference after the round and basically said, look, I'm a long ways back, but you just never know. Got to go shoot a low one. And it's inspiring to watch him go out there and try to be his best, even though right now his best isn't good enough to win the golf tournament. It's still good enough to make the cut at the Masters in Southern Hills, two of the toughest walks in all of golf. Augusta's the toughest walk probably in all of golf, and Southern Hills is probably one of the five toughest courses they'll walk all year, Uh, maybe one of the two or three toughest courses they'll walk all year. It's just inspiring to see him go out there and, you know, Rory even said after the round, if he'd have been Tiger yesterday, he would have seriously considered uh, withdrawing from the tournament. But Tiger just, he loves the game. He loves competing. And and watching him grind it out, you, you know, he one putt six straight holes after he makes the double at 11, <laughs> knowing that he had to do exactly that to make the cut. It's just, it's inspiring, man. Colby, you sent us a good uh, Justin Ray tweet earlier that twenty of uh, the twenty two players under par, sixteen of them went early late, and you know obviously with the golf channel dudes, you've seen all the waves and all the play. How did the golf course change today, Colby, from the morning to the late that gave the uh, the afternoon group such an advantage? It changed so drastically in the middle of the day. Justin Thomas hit sixteen greens in regulation this morning at Southern Hills, playing in a twenty. 20- plus mile-an-hour wind with gusts upward of 30. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. Justin Thomas is a a shot maker more than a a shoot, aim, and and point guy. That's Morikawa, who a a lot of us were really on this week. Morikawa, he's a shoot, aim, and point guy. JT's a shot maker, and his round this morning was incredible. And then at about 2 o'clock, the wind started to die. But, dude, 
3 to 4 o'clock, the wind really started to die. And how rare is that in Oklahoma? How many days do we have in Oklahoma where we get up in the morning and it's windy, and then by mid-afternoon it's just totally calm? It never happens. It's so weird. It's like this front is coming in, and Mother Nature uh, just really benefited the guys in the afternoon. I'm sure you all talked about it. Justin Ray uh, added it up and figured it was a 1.9 shot advantage to the guys who went early late. That is just absolute madness uh, and really kind of screwed our boy TG, who played great golf to be in at one under, especially considering he was playing with some jokester last name Bingaman, (laughs) who was one of the 20, who was the slowest, most excruciating golfer I've ever watched in my entire life, and I played with some seriously high double-digit handicaps. (laughs) That is funny. Yeah, those two guys with with, uh, TG combined to shoot 24 over, uh, Colby. And we we talked about this in the media center, and you talked about JT and his shot-making. Yeah, for him to go out and shoot another uh, three-under per round this morning was just – fantastic birdies on 10 13 5 and 9 had the bogey at 14 and as i look at it right now colby and and maybe i'm just being a little prejudiced and trying to take up for my picks because obviously my dark horse uh cory connors uh, uh what, what did he finally finish plus nine he didn't even sniff the cut huh, man? <laughs> no, no. he beat my pick well, that was the second for the tournament in Cantlay. um God, yeah, any, anyway my dark horse pick was not too good he's from canada i guess i didn't factor that in that that's why he played so well at augusta because it's freezing cold there and and it was heat and humidity down <laughs> here i don't know but but i will say this and, and xander my, my my number one pick fell off a little bit matsuyama had an exact fired but JT was my number three pick and I'm I'm sticking with him Kobe at the halfway point I still feel pretty good about Justin Thomas because he shot that six under in very very tough conditions I love Will Zalatoris I know you know that that you know he's a great striker of the golf ball and all of that but still just being in the hunt for the first time. And I know, I mean, he came close at Augusta National, but I, I'm, I'm just saying when you take the lead into the weekend at a golf course where the leader after 36 holes has won every major played here at Southern Hills, that's a lot of pressure on Wills Alatoris this weekend. So, Colby, if you had your pick of the field right now, who are you taking for the weekend? Yeah, I was actually the one who asked Zalatoris after the round about that set. I, I, I told him, look, all seven majors have been won by the guy leading after 36. I mean, did that give you any confidence or extra pressure or what? And he's like, look, history is history. I've got 36 long holes in front of me. I'm just going to go try to do my job. And I think that's kind of the mentality that you have to have. I told Taylor when we did our preview show on Wednesday, you know, he had watched JT on the range some earlier this week. And JT even admitted yesterday his range sessions were horrible and he was getting frustrated and he was pissed off at his dad, his words, not mine. And <laughs> I, I just – I told Taylor on Wednesday when we recorded, I said, I don't know, man. It's just a gut thing. You know, sometimes whenever we do these previews, you just have this gut feeling. Something in my gut told me, JT at Southern just, it worked. It worked. And, man, it has worked so far because he played in the, I mean, just way tougher conditions and uh, and was able to get it done. I think a lot of people are going to be on him. I, I tell you what, guys, I feel really good about Zalatoris. Uh, he's hitting the ball so well. He's 17 of 17 this week, maybe 18 of 18 inside of 10 feet. He's just. I, I can't explain the putting. Maybe it's because the greens are a little bit slower. Maybe because his ball striking has been so good. He, he said that he's putting himself on the correct tier of the green a lot to keep himself more in the 15 to 25-foot range 
as opposed to those 35 footers up and over ridges. So I, I guess I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stay with history here. I think Pereira falls off a little bit. I don't think he quite has the, the pedigree to really hang with some of these other guys on the weekend. But I, I think Zalatoris is overdue to finally cash in one of these great ball striking weeks. And, you know, if I think Pereira is going to fade off, next closest guy is JT3 away from him. Southern Hills is a tough course to chase. You can't really force anything at Southern Hills. You kind of have to take what the golf course gives you. It'll be very different with the cold and the north wind. Uh, but I think I'm going to go Zalatoris, guys. All right, Colby. We actually haven't highlighted this too much, but I want to get your opinion on this to start it off. What is the absolute worst score right now that could win this tournament? Can the two unders win? Can Ooh. the three unders win? I mean, are the four unders still in? Obviously, you got Rory, Answer, Davis, Riley. What is the absolute bottom of the barrel here that actually has a chance to hoist the turn or hoist the trophy on Sunday, Colby? I would say anybody within. I'm going to say anybody within four of JT can win the tournament. Now, I'm not picking these guys to win the tournament, but can win the tournament because think about it. You know, Pereira doesn't have pedigree, really. Will Zalatoris, you know, I just have him going to pick him to win. I, I could be wrong. We're, we're predicting these things. He's never won before on the PGA Tour. This would be his first PGA Tour. If those two guys were to fall off, then all of a sudden we're back to JT, and then we're back to the rest of the field, and that would massively open things up if Zalatoris and Pereira were to fall off. So let's say those guys go out tomorrow and Zalatoris shoots a 72 to fall back to 7, Pereira shoots a, a 70 three and he falls back to five then all of a sudden we're looking at a bunch of guys who are in this golf tournament so i would say anybody within about four of jt again southern's a tough course to chase on but you know get out there a little bit earlier the winds are actually going to be a little bit lower earlier in the day tomorrow and get up more around three four five o'clock so yeah i think guys at that two under number uh anybody there or better i think still could do it uh, if they were to fire a low one tomorrow. So basically, Colby says that Taylor Gooch can't win the golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I forgot TG was a one-under. I forgot TG was a one-under. I'm telling you, hey, here's what we're going to do. My guy, Bingaman. My guy, Bingaman, with his slow play. Your he guy, Bingaman. My guy, Bingaman. It's at least one shot a day penalty to play with Bingaman. So, TG should be three under, so we're going to grandfather him in with who's the guy who's the Who's TG playing with tomorrow? Um, I have Neiman, no idea. I think, I know it's, I think it's Joaquin Neiman. Okay. We'll look oh, that up. Gooch and Neiman? Dear God, people, go out and watch them just stripe it around all day. By the way, Colby, uh, Kyle Porter, I know I mentioned him once already, but he always puts out fire on Twitter. He says, strokes gain leaders after two rounds, and he gives where the leader of each category is on the leaderboard for the tournament. Putting, Zalatoris is leading the field in putting, and he's first on the leaderboard. Around the green, Troy Merritt is tied for 53rd, but he is first around the green. Uh, That kind of, you know, discredits a little bit of, you know, pick the best chipper, you know, philosophy we heard a lot of before the tournament. Strokes gained approach, Cam Smith, he's tied for 10th. Uh, off the tee, John Rahm, he's tied for 41st. And tee to green is Bubba, he's tied for 4th. Um, of these five categories, maybe just the four putting around the green approach off the tee, what do you think will be the most important on the weekend? And do you think we might see a shift in, in, the, in that stat? Uh, you know, I think that those might stay fairly similar. It's weird because, you know, Willie Z in his first round 
he was holding 20, 25 footers. Uh, I mean, several of them, like three, four of them. He just, he had the putter rocking and rolling in round one. He's still really good with it in round two. I, I really don't know if he can keep that up. I really don't. Maybe he can, maybe he can't. And then JT hitting the 16 greens today, like I mentioned, those two guys have been unbelievable in those two metrics. But I'm surprised to see that off the tee hasn't mattered quite as much. Um, you, you know, you put yourself in position in the fairway. There's no first cut at Southern Hills. You're in the fairway, and it's perfect, and you've got a great look. You're two inches to the right in this rough, and it's nasty, and it's thick, and, it, and it's just long enough to where it's not like hack it out sideways rough, but it's rough that it, it, you're, you're guessing on how hot the ball is going to come out and how much it's going to release whenever it lands. Rory today hit a bunch of tee shots that were a yard off. I mean, he had a bunch of tee shots that were a yard off and just kept getting penalized all day long. So uh, if I had to single out one, I think it's going to be putting uh, because I think Zalatoris will continue to hit it well on the weekend. And if he keeps putting well, I think he'll be hoisting the Wanamaker. Uh, If that club betrays him, then your guess is as good as mine. All right, Colby, we're going to do one more thing and then we'll let you go. Each of us are going to pick two golfers and combined score for the weekend, or, you know, for the tournament this time. Last time we did for the weekend. This time we're doing just where they finish in the golf tournament. It's a close enough tournament to do it that way. Um, I am going to go with Justin Thomas, and I am going to go with Cam Smith. Uh, Dad or T-Dove or Colby, go go ahead. Go ahead, Colby. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. So Cam Smith is, he is a wizard at getting himself out of trouble, probably because he's there so much. I mean, I watched him today because I, whenever I was out there following Tiger before they uh, politely asked me to step outside the rope, I was, <laughs> I, I was, you know, Cam Smith's group was right in front. And I thought Cam Smith hit some of the worst golf shots I've ever seen a professional golfer hit. And I look up the leaderboard and I'm like, oh yeah, he's under par today. Makes sense. And he's leading the field in strokes gained approach. Probably because he's coming in from, you know, Bixby. And you gain a lot of strokes (laughs) when you're coming in from Bixby. So, yeah. So, I'm going to go with Will Zalatoris. I already said I think he's going to win. So, I'm going to go with Will Zalatoris. And I actually think, uh, again, I think Rory was just about a yard off a bunch of times today. Um, So, I think I'm going to go with Rory for my other one. I I think he's got another low one in him this weekend. uh, And I think he finishes probably – top three uh and we'll have a chance to win the tournament still even even though i think he got his bad one out today in pretty good condition you know guys for whatever reason i know there wasn't the the form going into it like scheffler had at augusta i just have this weird feeling that that zalator is going to do just what scotty did at augusta he's just going to coast in and end up winning by three or four I, he might he might not four putt the last hole but nevertheless i think he's going to end up winning the tournament so i'll go with zalator and then just so I don't have to go chalk here, I thought about picking answer to, for a pick. Because if I had to pick, I'd probably go with Rory or JT, obviously. But I'm going to go down to two under. Sam went with Cam Smith. I'm going to go with my boy Sam Burns. He played good this round. I think he's going to end up finishing top five by the time it's all said and done. So I'll go with Sam Burns, huh, man? Interesting group at two under, by the way. With, with Very the, much, yes. Kuchar still looking for that first major. Cam Smith, who won the players third in the Masters. You know, Sink almost won here in 2001. I mean, a lot of great stories. Sam Burns. Now, I, hey, listen, I, like I said before, I'm sticking with JT, uh, who was in my top three going in. I, I agree with what Kobe has said about Rory. I mean, he was just a foot or two off today. It's not like yep. he had a real bad round. Could have easily been a 68 today. I, I, I'll stick. I, I'll go with uh, JT 
and with Rory. Nothing. Can, I love Will Zalatoris. He's going to have his day. I just don't know if it's going to be this weekend. Absolutely. And by the way, those pairings for this week are Will Zalatoris and Mito Pereira at 1.50 p.m. Those are your leaders. Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson, Rory, Abe Answer. That will probably, like T-Dub said, be the most followed group. Uh, Davis Riley and Mr. Skill, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Stuart Sink, Chris Kirk, Terrell Hatton, Matt Kuchar. We'll go on down the list. Um, Colby, who are you most excited to watch tomorrow? Most excited to watch tomorrow. I would say if you're a fan and you're going out trying to check it out, uh, Hideki goes out pretty early and is going to have a small crowd. It'd be a good chance to see Hideki play. That TG Neiman group would be a ton of fun to watch. Uh, to tell you what, guys, I- I've had to do uh, much more work this week than I probably would like. I guess that's part of having a, uh, a job is that you have to work a lot. <laughs> that is part of the criteria, Colby. So you actually do some <laughs> I, damn work. <laughs> I just I have not gotten to spend nearly as much time on the golf course as, as I would have hoped. Uh, but that's okay. It's all good. I've enjoyed myself. I'm going to try to get out and probably watch those two groups tomorrow. If you're a spectator, I highly recommend Hideki. And then that TG uh, Neiman group is just going to be an absolute stripe show all day long. So highly, highly recommend. All right, Colby, go get some sleep. I know one guy that's not getting any sleep tonight, and it's Sean Norris because he is paired with Tiger Woods at 8.30 a.m. Um, I guess Colby said all right, I'm going to get some sleep. He said, I love what you said, Sam. You're exactly right. See you later. Then he's going to buy out of him. Gosh, damn. What a jackass. Oh, what a perfect way to end the show. All right. T-Dub, anything else? Yeah, before we get out, I just want to mention my OC, Oklahoma Christian Eagles. They actually lost in the D2 National Championships yesterday. So unfortunate, but nevertheless, still a great season. I want to shout them out on that because, uh, you know, it's not hard to get through on that because they do the same thing. They do match play portions. So had to play some great golf to get to that point. Almost got the ring, but not quite. But great thing to see, Sam. Way to go. Absolutely. Dad, any last thoughts on the weekend? No, I enjoy uh, being with you guys. You guys are tearing it up again this week. No surprise. All right. Well, it's uh, what time is it right now? 10.42 p.m. So, uh I guess the only people listening to this will be driving up from Oklahoma City tomorrow, uh, headed up to Southern Hills. It's going to be a heck of a weekend. Uh, thank you guys so much for Taylor Williams and the Hump Man. It's been Sam Humphreys and uh, Colby's calling back, but we're ending the show. All right. <laughs> All right. See you guys Screw tomorrow. You, Colby. <laughs>